Hello everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce the release of my next novel, Regrowth. Here's a short description. With the world on the brink of collapse, the last thing John expected was a call from the richest man on earth. Scientist John Matthews is sitting on his couch, locked out of his lab, until he gets a call from Eaton Shaw, the billionaire tech magnate. Shaw is inviting the best and brightest to an underground facility with a simple mission, save the world. John joins the lab, hoping for a breakthrough on his research. He's attempting the impossible, regrowing limbs in humans. But he's not alone in his quest. The lab is filled with cutting-edge science, working to solve all of humanity's problems. Shaw presses harder and harder for results, even in the face of deformity and mutation, and John begins questioning Shaw's motivations. The lab, once a sanctuary, starts to feel like a prison. As John's research spins further and further out of control, the cost is tallied in trauma and blood. Still, Shaw wants more, even as the lab becomes a slaughterhouse. Both John and his research are pushed to the brink. What will be the price for regrowth? Regrowth comes out March 21st on Amazon. You can pre-order it now from the link in the show description. It's great for fans of body horror or Michael Crichton. And I'd love for you to check it out. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Robbie, I... I would love to live next to a graveyard. It seems very peaceful and people probably aren't partying and there's lots of extra you know, space and it's pretty, uh, and a stamp museum, but I can, I can see why you wouldn't want to live next to those, you know, the constant cavorting at all hours. is just awful. So full, I'm full, behind the Simpsons, their decision here. Full of ne'er-do-wells, those stamp museums. Exactly. Hoodlums. Uh, stamp museums. They love them. Hi guys. We are brought to you by support us on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. We got so many people to thank this week, Matt. I wonder why that is. Um, I don't know. They like the show? Oh, well, thank goodness for them. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Marcus Zapeta. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Or Marco, Marcos. Either way. Thank you. Uh, Mark, Mark Stevens. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Brandon Rogers. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. And finally... Get ready, man. The Banana Ham Cake Variety Hour. Thank you, whoever you are. Thank you, Banana Ham Cake Variety Hour. I, that sounds awful. <laughs> have you ever eaten a banana ham cake? I can't say that I have. Then you don't know. Uh, you can't but, judge, man, all right? You don't get to judge it until you try it. Bananas don't tend to go well with meat. You don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe banana. I mean, I've had fried plantains with meat, and they were very delicious. Yeah, but... Do they really count as uh That's a banana. Bananas? Sure. It's sort of banana. Yeah. Yeah. Um you can support us by going to to patreon.com slash the show for only two dollars a month. Gain access to our bonus content, just like all these people did. We appreciate everyone who does support us there. This week's episode is The Girl Who Slept Too Little, episode GABF sixteen, originally aired September eighteenth, two thousand five, written by John Frank and directed by Raymond S. Percy. 
uh, received a 5.5 rating with 10 million viewers. The couch gags filmed in claymation with six clay balls rolling in and bumping into each other and then turning into Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, Maggie, and Gumby. Good old Gumby. Remember there to remember, keep things on the DL. Remember Gumby and Horsey? I think it was Pokey. Pokey? What's the, what's the, what's, there's, what's the other, what's that other guy? I'm sure someone has a... Someone's yelling at me about Gumby right now? I'm sure someone has a, a whole... There, It's on Wikipedia, so at least that's something. Pokey, you're talking po- the horse. So what's the villain? There's a bad guy. I'm shocked. Uh, Origins, Revival, Professor Cap. Is that him? Gumby, Gumba, Granny, Witty Witch... I, okay, we. I give up. I don't. There's Gumby doesn't deserve this much attention. I would also mention that John Frink got an Emmy nomination for his writing of this episode. Oh wait, no. Ex- excuse me, Matt. Not an Emmy. A Writers Guild of America award nomination. Maybe there just wasn't Writers Guild of America writing for writing an award mm-hmm. nomination for writing, Matt. Mm-hmm. I cannot, we haven't gotten this episode yet, guys listening, but I cannot emphasize how not deserved that is. This episode, of all the things it does, it does not write, it's not written well. It is, oh boy, it is, it, it, it is so strange. Bizarre is how I describe this episode to Matt before we started recording. It's both how okay man this is my before we begin this is my two words to describe this bizarre and boring it somehow does both yeah it's weird because strange things constantly happen that make zero sense but they're they're so inconsequential that you just think eh whatever and you go about your day it's just it's a slog this episode is a slog combined with the new episode that was released this week it was a double slog week for me um I would say it's still preferable than the manatees, if we're going to be That's honest. That's true, but I mean, I guess we'll see at the end. <laughs> it's definitely, I get it, it's better than manatees, man. There's no, well, no, yeah. there's not, I don't it's know not. I mean, we have to build suspense, Robbie, come on. I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have some like artificial cliffhanger in this episode about it, about us. <laughs> it's worse than the episode where a man it literally talks to a manatee about his relationship problems. So, the episode begins with the family being awoken in the middle of the night. Early or early in the morning, I guess it is, because the sun is rising. Um, because of construction noises. And the whole family is awake except for Homer at first. Homer is like dancing in his sleep because he thinks the construction noises are music. Uh Marge wants Homer to go fix this. I don't know what Homer's gonna do about construction. That's what I was asking. One, Marge wakes up and says, oh, Homer, go take care of this problem. Why is it Homer's problem? Why doesn't Marge get out there and do something? But then, yeah, it's like if if they're allowed to be there constructing things, what are you going to do? Call the cops on them for a noise ordinance? I mean, that's that's way too smart for a Simpsons episode. And the, if, if it's after, you know, six or seven o'clock, they're not going to do anything. Exactly. You, they're like, you're going to they're going to say, oh, you should be awake. Sorry. Uh, they got to do work. So they are building something directly behind the Simpsons house. One of the many, many dumb things this episode does, like the Simpsons would have noticed an empty lot in their house and people moving like construction equipment there. And yeah, when they showed this, it's 
almost half built. It seems like they like the frame is already up. I, this is the first time you've noticed this. Yeah, the, someone had to clear the lot and bring materials in, lumber and concrete and big trucks coming and going. It's not a... It would have taken them weeks to just uh, get the dirt right underneath them it, like that? And all this for nothing. Like, none of this, like, it, it's... This is... The stu- everything about this is just the dumbest thing, Matt. So, they the Simpsons discover that the they are building a stamp museum there. Okay. Sure. Stamp Museum. Sounds mm-hmm. like a thing sim- the Springfield Springfield would have. Stamp Museum. Uh, everyone hates the Stamp Museum. I don't know if they really hate the Stamp Museum, but they just hate the idea of something being built behind their house. Or they just hate the idea of learning in general. I don't know. But we get a, sequ- a protest montage. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, Matt, I don't know. You just get these moments where... I'm recording. I'm. I record this podcast, and I have this. I'm like, what am I? What am I even like? What am I? What are the words I'm saying? Like, what? Like, it's easy when you're watching an episode. It's very different than when you're recording a podcast about it and you recount everything and talk about it. And I'm just. I'm. I'm just like, wait a minute. Why are they protesting it? Like, how are they protesting it? Like, this land was bought and sold and cleared. I assume. And like, whenever something this big is being built anywhere. It has to be like it goes through zoning laws and permits and stuff like it. This has been a long, something as big as a museum has been probably in the works for many, many months. And any opportunity to stop it has long passed. Yeah. Once once somebody has spent the money to rent construction equipment, you're done unless they're violating some horrible uh, laws or, you know, environmental concerns, anything like that. And but the, all that happens is the, the some of the people protest it. And they stand around with signs. And then th- th- we see the Simpsons. Like, this is what kind of froze me for a second, man. Like, we see the Simpsons literally, like, sabotage the construction equipment. Like, eco-terrorist style. Like, they, Homer, like, handcuffs them to some equipment, handcuffs himself to some equipment. Bart chains himself to, like, a drill or an excavator or an auger or something. Mm-hmm. And we see it go into the ground with Bart attached multiple times. So Bart's dead. Well, Bart, no, Bart enjoys it, man. No, 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 no. Bart enjoys it. He's having fun. This, 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 uh, this action that would literally rip him into bits would, would just destroy his body. It would kill him in a moment. He's a 10 year old boy. They're spitting him that fast would probably kill him. Just the mo- mo- motion, and then it is—he's driven into the hard ground over time and time again. <laughs> and he, and Bart's is like, "Well, do it again." And you're like, "What is this, guys? What are we doing?" And then we see this is a, this is the capper. Marge, there, there's like an excavator or something. Marge takes a hairpin, slides the hairpin into like a gear or a piston. The truck flips over and explodes. Because that's what happens. It doesn't just stop working. It flips over and explodes. That's that's. And then a man, uh, the man inside, the man inside catches on fire and walks away on fire at a leisurely pace, all the while talking about how people told him that life uh, back in the U.S. would be better than his life in the army overseas. In Afghanistan or Iraq, one of the one of them, he says, 
He says Fallujah, so it's a oh, it's Flu- okay. Fallujah. I did not. I I I missed Fallujah. Um. I, why? 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 Why are we doing this? Why is the scene? Why on earth would this happen? Uh, I don't know. Um, but apparently, oh, also, oh, how could we forget, Matt? How could I forget? This is what the the moments where I were, you know, I I kind of uh, I I kind of feel sorrow for the fact that this is an audio only format and we can't really communicate the horror. That is Homer that is jiggling for justice. Mm-hmm. Where Homer rides past the construction site on a lawnmower wearing uh, jean, cut-off jean shorts and nothing else. So he shakes, his whole body is jiggling, and then his butt eats the jean shorts. Mm-hmm. Just hilarious, isn't it? I love Obese Man on mm-hmm. Lawnmower. Obese men, oh, obese on... men are so disgusting that it would cause them to just the, the, the construction workers to fall to their deaths. I it's just the stupidest thing, right? Uh, and that's the weird. This episode is so strange because because guess what happens? Man? What's that, Robbie? Instead of the Simpsons just being arrested, you know, for sabotaging a construction site, which would you would think that this would be more of an episode. Like it, this is literally like the first two minutes of the episode, three minutes maybe. Like they don't, it does not take very long, and you're like, oh, what? We're just glossing over the fact that they are like literally, Marge literally, like that man would be dead. Oh, easily, Bart would be dead. Marge would be uh, killed somebody. You know, it's so much death and destruction. So, but we, they succeed. Their efforts work because the state museum is moved. Reports, Kent Brockman. All right, Homer, you beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Homer, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. The Postal Service is sending a change of address card to itself. The Stamp Museum will now be built on the site of the Springfield Cemetery. The cemetery will be moved right here, next to the Simpsons. Oh, instead of a stamp museum, we'll be next door to a graveyard? Look at the bright side, Marge. When I die, you can mourn me from the bathroom. That's multitasking. I mean, yeah, but will anyone actually mourn, Homer? That's the real question. Matt. (laughs) We are like four minutes into this episode. I'm already losing my mind. Like, like they, oh, Lenny's like, like, Lenny's like, oh, yeah, good old American complaining. They didn't complain. They they blew up construction equipment. That is a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. So not the same things. How can Matt? I want you to explain this for me, okay? How the stamp museum? They need so this family has sabotaged construction equipment so badly that uh, and are I they don't get arrested. And now the same museum is being moved. Okay. Uh, if you want to say, oh, same, same museum can be built somewhere else. Okay. But it's being built on top of where the cemetery is in Springfield. That is what this or episode is in this case. That's what this episode is asking me to believe is that they move the, sem- they move the state museum instead of an, another empty lot. There are no other empty lots in Springfield. So instead they dig up dead people and rebury them i mean really uh, why why even dig up the dead people they're dead no one cares just just pave over them well that's the problem matt is uh (laughs) moving 
dead moving bodies uh, is an incredibly litigious activity, and the people who are related to those people uh, generally get very upset when you disturb them. That's true, and also it's a really difficult thing to do. Far more difficult than finding somewhere else for your stupid it's, <laughs> stamp museum. Like, like the the entire like there is clearly they had the idea for an episode. Oh, Lisa, they are they are living next to a cemetery. What is what is the most contrived reason possible we can have them be living next to a cemetery? This is it. It's the stupidest thing. This you entire know, this setup. episode. Is basically the episode where Lisa gets scared of Halloween, but because of a cemetery next door, they had to find a reason, a way to get the cemetery next door, rather than just say, oh, she's scared of something else. Halloween Horror is like 10,000 times better episode than this. Um, We find out that Marge is extremely racist against the Count. Yeah, what the hell? I don't, I don't know understand. that. She, there's the, the Count. Uh, the, she's like, oh, I can't handle spooky stuff. I think that I can't even handle the count, but she doesn't say anything about the count being scary. She just says she just tells him to go back to his own country. Like, why on earth is Marge Simpson racist against a Muppet? Is that is, I, I, I don't know, Robbie. I could not tell you. Like, can we not? Can there not be a reason? Like, I want the Simpsons writers. I'm going to add like if I ever run into John Frank in my entire life. If I ever meet this man, I'm going to ask him a question. I'm like, why did you make Marge Simpson racist against Muppets? Like, why? What on earth? Okay, so they move the cemetery, Matt. They move the entire cemetery into this lot. Simpsons are okay with that, I guess. That's a, that- I mean, like I said, cemeteries are quiet, and you don't have to deal with anyone doing anything crazy next to them. You just have to deal with the occasional funeral and some bagpipes, and that's that's pretty much it. I would love to live next to a cemetery. If I could, just, my why don't we all live next to a cemetery? But I, I, I don't. It, I whatever. The problem is, like, but the, so they're going to protest and sabotage the stamp museum, but they're not going to protest the cemetery move. I mean, I think they're just racist against stamps. That's got to be what it is. Of course, against Muppets and Stamps. That's what the that's the Simpsons have been from the very beginning. So they they move the cemetery and then they spookify it. Yeah, they make it scary. They make it scary. They like they like make the hinges uh, noisier. They add in like they they like make the they defile some of the tombstones to make them look older and more decrepit. Like it's this the most bizarre like. Why? Why are they doing this? It's so like it's one thing if like this is what I would assume, Matt. This is what like I would assume is during the day it looks innocuous and peaceful and you know normal. But then and and like the whole premise of this episode, Lisa gets scared because she's the only one who sees the cemetery. So she gets spooked out, she has fears. Okay. Normally I would think, okay, well during the day she would look at it and go, oh, it's just a cemetery. You know, everyone in it is dead. There's not any concern. Like, I, I am, and we never get this groundwork of, like, Lisa, I believe in science. I believe in reason. There's no such thing as ghosts or zombies or monsters. And it's not scary. And, and but then, like, at nighttime, we have Lisa look out over the cemetery. And suddenly everything that looks so innocuous and so, so kind of normal and boring and peaceful, it suddenly 
everything gets a new angle. A new the shadows change the shape of everything. The way the light casts over all the the tombstones, it makes it look scarier than it did before. Like we should be able to like there should be that transformation. But instead, they have a scene where where there are literally workmen who come in and make like they're setting up like Halloween horror nights. Like they are literally like crafting a scary experience. And why? To make cemeteries spoopy, obviously. You have to make them so scary so people don't want to go into them. <laughs> it just there is this it makes no sense. None of this makes any sense. And it's so insane to me. They never establish it This episode never establishes theme. Ever. It does not at one point establish Hey, this is what this episode is about. This is what we're going to be talking about. It just kind of things are kind of happening and we're supposed to like piece it together and they never they never have a baseline create like we never have a foundation of like, oh, Lisa does it isn't scared. Like normally uh, you would if you want to establish Lisa suddenly having trying to conquer an irrational fear, you have to establish the fact that she normally isn't scared of things like this. Where the whole family, you have a scene where like, oh no, the cemetery is going to be moved to be- the behind us, and Mars is a- Mars doesn't like it. Homer is superstitious. Bart himself is maybe he's you know obsessed. He's like, oh no, I don't. There might be zombies or whatever, you know. Or I don't even want to go in there at night. Like, have Bart even be scared? At least to be like, no, come on, guys, it's not. There's no nothing to worry about. And then you have that scene where Lisa gets scared for the first time, and it all makes sense. You're like, oh. And then you come to this conclusion at the end of this episode where, yes, you, you irrational fears happen and they are okay. You do not have to suddenly erase them from your mind. It's impossible. Sometimes you're going to get scared by things. You can, And you don't need to conquer your fears. It's like There's like so many things you could do. But it just is like, no, Lisa just is scared because they made it scary. What? What? But, who knows, Robbie? I, I just... What? Like, I, it just, I, it's just baffling. This is just more than like just narratively baffling. Like, why on earth would you make it this way? So, Matt, we get a scene where Bart, quote unquote, scares Lisa. This stinks. My room's the only one that faces that cemetery. Then the zombies will eat you first and you won't have to watch them eat us. Thanks for making me feel better. Well, thanks for making me feel better, knowing that your screams when the zombies chomp your brains will warn me so I can get away. There's no such thing as zombies. Oh, glad to hear you say that, because the person who doesn't believe in zombies is always the first to get feasted upon. <laughs> Stop scaring me! <laughs> Bart, don't you have homework to do? Yeah, and I could really use your help. And you're like, okay, why did the episode start with this? This would be the perfect way to start. Why did it start here with a cemetery that's moved in and Bart is scaring Lisa and build from that? Well, Robbie, it, it turns out that they have a lot of time to fill. You, oh, you. So, okay, uh, they spookify the cemetery. Lisa is now, quote unquote, scared. Um, She, uh, they're... We see, I think, isn't the thing that scares her is literally a car drives by and the headlights, like, silhouette parts of the, the graveyard in I her room? What was that, man? I, I don't recall that. Okay, that is what happens. And she runs and sleeps with Marge and Homer, and <laughs> Homer kicks out stuff from the bed, like a uh, the dog and a television and a blender filled with margarita mix? 
all important things to get to sleep at night. Yeah, and well, Homer's like, I don't... We get a nice scene where Homer gets to say, I don't like waking up sober. I like waking up drunk. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. Oh, That boy. is... Why are we doing jokes like that? Okay. Uh, but then, Matt, finally, we go to commercial. Five minutes and 42 seconds. In the first act, that felt like eternity. Ooh, if you think that act felt like eternity. Okay. Uh, so starting with act two, uh, Marge and Homer talk to Lisa, and they, they start to try and convince her that, oh, she'd be better off in her own bed. Um, and they say that, okay, if you go to your own bed uh, tonight, we will take you to do something you want to do. And Lisa says, oh, I would like to go to the Stamp Museum. You know, the one they were going to put next door. It turns out it's now way across town. It's like a 40-minute drive away. And Lisa points out that it wouldn't be that far if they had just let them build it next door, to which Homer responds, have you seen the amount of head injuries I've gotten? I, I'm lucky I can remember you, something Bart. And just, we get it. Homer's had a lot of head injuries and shouldn't be able to think in any coherent manner whatsoever. You don't need to point that out to us. No, like, that, this is them excusing their own writing, Matt. Mm -hmm. They they say, they they are, this is them literally saying, the show is inconsistent. Also, I heard, I want to, this will be a good point to bring this up. I felt this is lovely. Um... Someone brought on Twitter, someone brought up the idea of the idiot ball. And apparently I, I am amazed. I've never heard this anecdote before, but, um, <laughs> okay. The origin of the word, the, and the, the, the idiot ball thing was being in, used in context of like some new stories and stuff like that, which whatever, but the, the origin of the, the, the term idiot ball comes from, uh, an actor. An actor you and I are very familiar with. His name is Hank Azaria. Oh. Uh, who... <laughs> who apparently, at one point, in an interview at some point, uh, or maybe someone told this story about Hank Azaria. I don't really know. Uh, but they it was told that Hank Azaria, in... Explain the concept of the idiot ball. It, it's, uh, it is some... It is behavior... Uh, in a television show or a movie where someone has to act like an idiot for the story to work. I wonder where he got this idea. Well, he, they don't name the show when they say, oh, yeah, uh, apparently during every single session, like reading the script, Hank Azaria would go, who's carrying the idiot ball this week? <laughs> and... uh they don't name the show that Hagasari was talking about. I don't think he even maybe he didn't even name the show. Uh, but I think I could figure it out. I think I could figure it out too, Robbie. Which show did you think it was? Ah, I'm gonna guess it's The Simpsons. Uh, for a See, most... I was gonna guess it was the short-lived series based on the Birdcage movie. Obviously. <laughs> yep, that had to be it, man. I'm just I'm silly. Think it's The Simpsons. Uh, but this is what this this show is literally me. This 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 line. It's a very minor thing. This line is literally saying that Homer carries the idiot ball because he's had so many concussions. The reason why he's never consistent as a character, why the show itself is inconsistent, why no one's ever written well anymore is because Homer has gotten a lot of head injuries. That excuses all the terrible writing. Of course, because it's all from Homer's perspective. But see, it's it's the cool new thing. There's an unreliable narrator. The the show is just from Homer's perspective, and he's gotten beat up a lot. So you know, don't don't remember things. This is not. I I don't know. I don't think this is a hot take, um, but I'm going to make it very clear. You should, if you, any budding creatives out there, 
never write a story with an unreliable narrator. Never oh, do it. Never do it. There are the the successes are the are the exceptions. It is incredibly difficult difficult to do it well, and most of the really good premises have already been done. You should not try and do it until you have written or created a lot of stories before you do unreliable narrator. I don't want Homer to be an unreliable narrator. That's the most terrifying thing I could possibly think of. The fact that all these stories are told from Homer's perspective and he just has had so many concussions. None of it makes sense. That is terrifying. I hate that very idea. Well, Robbie, I think the, the writers of the show really like that idea. So good luck with that one. So, uh, the Simpsons go to the stamp uh, museum where they find out that Lenny is now the one who lives right next door to the stamp museum and is making a mint with letting people park because apparently they didn't build enough parking for the stamp museum. Lisa, honey, if you sleep in your own bed tomorrow, we'll do something special just for you. Well, I heard they finished the stamp museum. That could be fun. <laughs> can't believe it took us 40 minutes to get here. Why can't they build a stamp museum closer to our house? Dad, you fought tooth and nail to get it away from our house. Lisa, when you've sustained as many blows to the head as I have, consistency is something, something that's something I love you, Bart. Lenny's house. Hey, Simpsons, that'll be 40 bucks. Oh, I thought it was 20. <laughs> yeah, that's per axle. Park over there in Carl 4. No early outs. Can't believe you're making money off this. Oh, yeah. Living next to the stamp museum is making me a mint. I bought a diamond for my belly button. You guys need water? No one's going to pay a buck to drink water from your hose. So, don't pay the man, Homer. So as we can see, it turns out that living next to the Stamp Museum could have been good for the Simpsons, but unfortunately, they did not think about that when they got it moved. So, uh, as Robbie rightly points out in our notes, this is not really a Stamp Museum. It's more uh, a history museum that uses stamps as an introduction. Like, oh, here's here's somebody who got a stamp, and here's about their lives. So the Simpsons wander about for a bit, uh, seeing, you know, historical figures and who got stamped and who didn't get stamps. Why? It's... <laughs> Again, Robbie, to fill time, let's move past it. So, uh, instead of actually learning about a whole lot of things, though, there's uh, advertising, because that's what America needs more of, is advertising, and especially advertising that co-ops beloved children's books. The Land of the Wild Beasts? That's the first book I read all the way through. You read a book all the way through? Why? Milton Burkhart's work has touched on every genre from books to films to advertising. All right, commercials. Once upon a time, a bad boy was sent to bed without any dinner. But then, something magical happened. Uh, huh? oh, is this the land of the wild beasts? No, this is the land of the wild beasts. The Hillside Wrangler Steakhouse. I'm $4.99 steak. I'm all-you-can-eat salad bar. Yo, I'm Sneeze God. Put on a glass, dogs. And I'm Jumbo Shrimp. Maximum two servings. That's bull****, man. I love you, Hillside Wrangler. Tell us, Mr. Burkhart, 
What led you to the magical world of children's books? I wanted to be a children's book illustrator ever since Playboy wouldn't publish my cartoons because they were too filthy. Uh, yes, the traditional way of getting into children's illustration. So, yes, as you can see, that was just a giant advertisement that never comes up again in the rest of the episode. It's just a gag, a goof. Well, this is what, this is why they go to the museum, though. The only reason mm-hmm. they go to this museum is to introduce this Where the Wild Things Are parody. Right. I And I would like to reiterate, Maurice Sendak was not some filthy filthy porn cartoonist before he made hey now hey now don't you dare call porn cartoonists filthy some of them are very nice people most this one kind of sounds like a creep most of the porn cartoonists i've i've met are quite eager to be called filthy they enjoy oh there's nothing wrong with filthy filthy is not pejorative man that's true filthy is not the bad part the part you call them a creep is it i regardless marie sendak was not that as far as i know in real life from what i've read of him uh seemed like a very pleasant kind of grumpy uh creative man um cartoonist regardless all this is all all of this is in service of introducing this where the wild things are parody and i don't mind it i guess but it is it's only it only comes back at the very very end of this episode it does not become a recurring theme where lisa starts you know seeing the wild see the wild beasts they are called in the simpsons she doesn't see them like they don't represent anything they don't like if she kept seeing them if they became a motif this makes sense if they use it a lot it becomes a representative of lisa's fear of the cemetery Mm -hmm. but it doesn't she sees this one time we see it one time more importantly we see it one time, and then it is used at the very end as, oh, no, this is a way for Lisa to understand her fears. Like, wh- why? How? Like, she, we never see this ever again. It's one it happens one time in this episode, and then again once at the end. It never establishes that those things are connected. It's just, oh, look, it's a Where the Wild Things Are parody. You remember that, right? You've read Where the Wild Things Are. Everyone's read Where the Wild Things Are when they were kids. Okay, well... That's great, but you gotta actually put it in your show, what it all means, too. Otherwise, we're, we're not gonna know. You can try and reference something that is a cultural touchstone, but you have to at least use it in your show rather than just say, hey, remember this? Yeah, empty references aren't great, guys. That's why The Simpsons are always considered so good with the references. They weren't just empty references. They were, like, they connected the thematically. Um, also, why, what, Matt, I, there is, I don't know, like, why is Homer getting bleeped? What is happening? You act like I know. I mean, I guess they just wanted him to be edgier. I, uh, <sighs> yeah, I can't. Is this where you check out of the episode permanently? I mean, no, I got it. We got another <laughs> act and a half to go, Matt. So, no. Thank you. All right. Let's get through with it. OK, so uh, the family goes home. Uh, Lisa is once again next to the cemetery and sees uh, Gravedigger Billy. Uh, who it turns out is uh, groundskeeper Willie's cousin. Cousin, right? Yes, no. but it doesn't matter. Who okay, cares? like it doesn't matter. Like no. who? It doesn't matter whatsoever. Why? Like, I, like why? Like this is what I'm talking about. Like bizarre stuff. Like what? It feels like a Chaos of Horror episode. Whenever we're at the cemetery, 
and you're like, it, but and then it's, but it's in context of like, oh yeah, there's all this stuff where they stop the, st- they go to a stamp museum and there's stuff that's happening in the house, and but then we see like Grave Digger Billy be a character, and he is literally burying people alive. Mm-hmm. Lisa sees yeah, him it, literally. It is, his whole thing is that oh yeah, you know, it, they'll ring the bell and then he smashes them down. Like literally, he is burying people alive, and I'm like, I, I, I can't. Matt, like, I'm going to say this. If I lived next to a cemetery where there was a man who worked there, apparently, I, I, I guess I'm guessing Billy works in this graveyard. That's true. We never see that he actually works there. I'm assuming that maybe he's not. And he's just a nutcase. Uh, he's a serial killer. But I, this plot only works if the graveyard is actually a perfectly safe place. If there is a man who works in this graveyard who is and we see later this is what he is doing this is not a joke he is doing this if he's burying people alive that is something to be very afraid of <laughs> lisa should be afraid of that she's an eight-year-old girl i am a 35 year old man i would be afraid of a man burying people alive with a shovel and smashing him in the head with it clubbing them and then burying them alive before while stealing all their belongings i would be afraid of that why would you include this in your episode uh because it's hilarious robbie i think that's what they think i do think that is what their thought process like oh isn't it is funny there's a guy who is willie's cousin but he's a grave digger instead of groundskeeper they sound the same and billy rhymes with willie hey matt exactly hey matt it's hilarious hey matt Mm mm-hmm you know that Billy rhymes with with Willie and their cousins? Yeah, it, it's like their parents are their yeah their parents decided, hey, we're gonna have our kids' names be the same thing because those are those are nicknames for the same name. Yep, yep, they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Lisa, while she runs to her parents' room to hide uh, in the bed because she's scared once again, overhears Homer and Marge when they come home from a party or something gossiping about the the other adults and we get a nice scene nice is in quotation marks here uh where she learns that oh sometimes adults talk about other adults and they shouldn't do that and this goes nowhere there's no point to having it even in the episode <laughs> why is this here yeah why it doesn't so I, this I, episode isn't about gossip this isn't about people talking about each other about it's about lisa's being af- lisa being afraid why is this here mm-hmm. uh, who cares so no one cares in fact because we then see Willie uh, coming out to the graveyard with his cousin, uh, and then he gets so uh, Willie examines an open grave and then gets knocked into it by Billy. I, I, is Willie goes, Willie's dead now? Right. Yep. Okay. Because that's what like Billy literally knocks Willie unconscious, and then I assume buries him alive. That's what he does, and then Willie gets out, and it, they just laugh about it. Is that is that I didn't is that actually happened this episode, Matt? Because I didn't see that happen in this yes. episode. It, it absolutely happened. So I think you're making that up, Matt. Uh, no, it totally happened, Robbie. Anyway, no, Matt, you don't get to, to say that one night. You can't just Lisa's... you don't get to say things that happen that don't happen. That doesn't happen. They never mention Willie or Billy ever again in this episode after that scene. Yeah, this is their last scene. The last scene we see, we see Billy introduced. He's burying people alive. Then he kills Groundskeeper Willie and buries him alive. And that is that. that there is no more mention of Billy or Willie in this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yep, exactly. Anyway, 
Uh, the parents, Marge and Homer, agree to spend one night in Lisa's bedroom to prove to her there's something to be scared of. Uh, turns out there's a lot to be scared of because it's terrifying in there, and they agree with her. Of course they should be uh, scared. There is a man murdering people next door. <laughs> like, of course. Exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, meanwhile, Bart's bed is a little race car. It, it drives around and hits things, and apparently its brakes are busted. Uh, that's, that's a joke. It's a long joke, man. Mm-hmm. It's a very long. It takes a really long time, but we're just going to ignore it because are it's we? stupid. Yeah, we are because we're going to move on to the point where Homer and Marge go to a therapist to ask about Lisa uh, and what they can do, and don't bring Lisa. Like, what? What? Like, if you're <laughs> trying to help Lisa, why would you not bring her? I... No, so and it gets worse from there. No, well, they bring a home movie. Matt. That's totally what they do, and it it gets worse. As a young child, did Lisa receive a lot of nurturing? Frankly, no. Lisa kind of took care of herself. Our oldest, Bart, was such a handful. Did you bring those home movies of your daughter I asked for? Uh, this is all I could find. Uh, <laughs> Are you very little? Homer, stop that. Huh? Who was filming that scene? Stationary camera. I see. Mr. and Mrs. Simpson, to overcome her neglect, Lisa had to suppress her childhood fears. My 10-week program can help her learn to be a kid again. Well worth the $4,000. $4,000? Now, Marge, when our little girl's happiness is at stake... Run, Marge! Start the car! I'm not chasing you, Mr. Simpson. And you won't, unless you can leap through fire. So, yes, uh, Homer and Marge steal the course uh, and wreck the therapist's office because they're awful people. At least Marge prevents it from being burned down. Meanwhile, Lisa and Bart go to the graveyard where Santa's little helper, where Lisa is determined to spend the night there to prove that she's not afraid. Amen. And that, yes. That therapist, do we ever see her again, or do we ever get to use that therapy session? No, in- no point whatsoever. Okay, cool, thanks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at this point, Lisa accidentally gets locked into it, the graveyard, or cemetery, because, I don't know, plot requires it. Idiot ball again. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, there's a- couldn't, she's an eight-year-old girl, couldn't she slip between- the rungs on the Probably. fence. Or, or isn't the gate? she spry enough to jump over the, the gate? Because, I mean, she was a gymnast at one point. Or couldn't she just go over to her house, which is literally on the other side of the fence, and just yell? Nah. Now, yell at her parents or at Flanders? Flanders is right there, and he is a very helpful person. If uh-huh. if Lisa was in trouble, Ned would help her. That doesn't sound like Ned. Okay. Anyway. So, at this point, she's locked in. A, a security guard who was visiting another security guard who died cannot help her get out, and we go to a commercial. <laughs> With Sansa Little Helper. With Sansa Little Helper. Also, Bart is there at the outside of the gate, does not go in with her. Uh, which is fine, I guess. We need a... We need, I, okay, I don't know. There's so many scenes of this where you're like, well, why wouldn't they do a different thing? Um, so, Sansa Little Helper immediately leaves. He actually jumps off of like bolts off of lisa's head and jumps over the fence which that's a that's a quite a vertical leap for a dog uh but lisa so she's she thinks that yeah this is how i'm gonna conquer my fears of the cemetery 
And the first thing she sees is Dr. Nick. Hi, Dr. Nick. Hi, everybody. I mean, uh, I'm not Dr. Nick. I'm Dr. Octopus. Ha! I'm going to get you, Spidey. Then I will have upside-down kiss with Mary Jane. Hmm? Bye, Dr. Nick. Bye, Lisa. And remember, you have a checkup next Thursday. We don't go to you anymore. We have a better doctor. Oh, congratulations. Okay. Uh, like, I don't... Why? What does this have to do? This... Nothing at all, Robbie. Does... But Lisa isn't scared by Dr. Nick literally digging up bodies and stealing their arms? Of course not. She's used to that. She's been in his she's, office. She's, a, she's afraid of the cemetery, but she's not afraid of this. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't get any of this. Like, wh- what is the what is happening? So then, Matt, because there isn't enough nonsense in this episode, full of filler, full of focus. Like, this episode is about ostensibly is about Lisa being afraid of the cemetery and getting over her fears. But there's so many things that are not even tangentially connected to this, because now we go to Wiggum and Eddie and Louie, who are Lou, Eddie and Wiggum, who are just in the, in the graveyard looking for, I guess, Dr. Nick. They're looking for the grave robber or they're looking for Willie. Or or Billy yeah, or, or, or Billy. Where I don't know what's happening. Like who are they? Why are they here? So they get. But we have several seeds with these with the police. Why? This is about Lisa. They're not even searching for her. They're just in the cemetery, and they get separated. Matt. Okay, Matt. 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 This is what I'm talking about. Bizarre. They get separated. Wiggum gets separated from Eddie and Lou. Wiggum immediately strips naked. Uh huh. Why? Why not, Robbie? Why not? Don't you want to see Wiggum naked? I wanted. Here's what I want, Matt. Okay, you're asking what I want. I want characters to do things for reasons. I want people to behave like they're people. Why would Chief Wiggum strip naked in a cemetery? Because he's afraid. That is the text. He's afraid that people will find out he's a cop. He's text. That I are you? Is he Ralph? Is that is that what we're doing? I mean, doing? he's Ralph's dad. So okay. Eddie, we also get a scene with Eddie and Lou where they're talking, like where Eddie and where Eddie and Lou are like having. It's like a scene out of Pulp Fiction where they're just like talking about their lives, and Lou's upset he didn't go to law school. And you're like, okay, why is this in this episode about Lisa being afraid? Like, okay, so Lisa is still wandering around in the in the graveyard. Uh, and then an owl scares her. She's not scared. Here, Matt. Here's the thing. Can I ask you a question, Matt? Yes. You have yeah. to. Yeah. You, you can. You, no, you got, you have to give me permission. I, I, I assumed you would just take the permission. No, I I don't. I'm not gonna do that, Matt. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna need your consent first, especially when I'm gonna inflict the pain that is the season 17 Simpsons on you. Um, Lisa is not afraid of this crazy doctor carrying around extra body parts that he's dug up from the ground, but she is scared by an owl. Well, Robbie, only nature can be scary and supernatural things. Obviously, people can't be scary. Lisa gets scared by an owl and some bats and then runs into a tombstone and knocks herself out. That's exciting, isn't it? It is. And that that's going to be our climax, basically. 
we cut back to Marge and Homer, who are only now returning home. Where was this therapist? Did, were they seeing this therapist at night? I guess. Okay. We don't know. They and come it back. Matter. They come back with this book they got from her. They stole from her. They're never going to use it. They're angry at Bart because Bart also didn't go inside the, the, the cemetery with Lisa, I guess. They're very angry at their 10 year old son for not going into the tomb, the, into the cemetery with Lisa. Um, it doesn't matter. This is all an excuse for us to get an itchy and scratchy cats parody, which I'm right there with you. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, about that. Why? I can't take this. Okay. So Homer and Marge go to look for Lisa. Now Lisa, and, and, and there we're going to go wander through the cemetery. And how did they get in? I don't know, Robbie. How did they get in? I, I don't know. The... Literally, it has not even been five minutes. We just saw the cemetery gate locked. How did they get inside? Well, they're adults. Obviously, they use their adult powers. Did they scale a fence? We don't know. Who cares? So Lisa has a nightmare. How does she have a nightmare, Matt? She's not asleep. I mean, she gets knocked unconscious, and that's kind of like sleep. (laughs) Says who? Are Are you Dr. Nick? Is this what we're doing? Uh, no, Robbie, that's just how it works in the Simpsons universe. So she has a nightmare. Uh, finally, uh, it, it, it's it's it, like she's unconscious, but she has a nightmare. Sure. Whatever. And uh, this is a long clip. It, it is the entirety of the ending of the episode. Uh, it is labeled Lisa has a nightmare. And this all ends instead of building anything. Where am I? <laughs> Welcome to the land of wild beasts, little girl. (laughs) Not scared, not scared. For God's sake, girl, you're eight years old. It's natural for you to feel scared sometime. But I'm too smart to get scared. Lisa, everybody gets scared, no matter how old or how smart they are. In fact, I'm scared of her. No, you're afraid of intimacy. That's because I know after we mate, you'll eat me. Your brother didn't seem to mind. You know, you monsters seem scary, but when you get a little closer, <laughs> you're just funny. But wait, how am I supposed to sleep with that spooky cemetery outside my window? You could just draw the blinds, you silly goose. Or get a nightlight. My dad says they're too expensive. For God's sake, they're four bucks a piece. I could slime your dad, just like I slimed us a Paris honeymoon. I think I'll be okay by myself. What is it about slime that chicks don't dig? You really helped me a lot. We're always just a concussion away. Lisa, honey, please wake up. If you do, I'll get you a new pony. New pony? Uh, This is still part of your dream. Dreaming, dreaming. Now you're awake. Sweetie, we're going to get you home and straighten out all these fears you have. I think I'm going to be fine. Let's get some breakfast. And that's how it all ends, Robbie. Everything's okay now. Why? What? What is going on? 
Why? What do you mean, Robbie? She she hit her head and had a dream, and it cleared everything up, fixed her. Like, okay, here's the thing, right? In a good episode, this would be a great final scene. This is a good episode, and everything else made sense. This would be a good final scene. Uh-huh. Because it, like, we would, it would have, you know, in a good episode, here, in a good episode, the, the, mo- the motif of these wild beasts representing Lisa's spheres would be seeded throughout the episode. We'd been introduced to these characters in the first act and then in the second and like they'd be innocuous. They'd be the 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 storybook versions of them that Lisa remembers from from younger, from her younger version when she was reading picture books. And then in the second act, they would be they would become they would grow and become representatives of her fear. She would perhaps look into the cemetery and start to see them appear in the cemetery because they represent her fear. They're metaphors for her fear. And then here in the third act, she would have a nightmare where she would run into them again, be very scared, and then realize they're not that scary. And they would also be like, well, and sometimes it's okay to be afraid. It's all right. It's okay to have fear. Um. And sometimes you have to learn to live with your fears. And that's a perfect way to end the episode. And you could have Homer and Marge around, like, around trying to do their best to help and kind of failing and, and floundering. And it could represent Lisa trying to come to these conclusions on her own because that's what she's always done. And, like, that's not bad. But they introduce these things once in the second act, disconnected from the plot entirely because they're in the stamp museum where they are in a commercial for a steak house. Like, that's the only thing that we are referenced them. We don't get Lisa, like, using... Like, we never get any visual metaphors any other time in the episode. And the episode would have to, you know, lay... It, you can't have all these crazy... This crazy wackiness that is... Of things that are actually scary to a child cannot... Why on earth is Gravedigger Billy? I cannot, Matt. Like, when I'm talking about Bizarre, Grave... There's a character in this episode named Gravedigger Billy, and he is a murderer. Uh-huh. And we no one says anything about it. They just exists. He kills Willie. Willie is dead. Yep. Two fatalities in this episode at least. There would be three for Bart. Bart would die. Marge killed a man. Gravedigger Billy killed groundskeeper Willie. Like there's so much extra crap. Like why why are we worrying about a stamp museum? Why can't it be as simple as they you can have a contrived reason they move the cemetery. Fine. Why does it have to have a story about a stamp museum? Why are we having stories? Why is there going? Why are we going to the museum at all? You can literally have Lisa just have the book that is the with the wild beasts and reference it. Like there's all this contrived garbage. Oh my god! It's mm-hmm. and Matt, did you laugh? In this episode? No, definitely not. Not if you've... Yes, man, I'm not asking if you've ever laughed in your entire life. I know you have. I've been present for it. I just meant, like, maybe you've met, like, today in general, because they include the Cletus episode with this one, but no, for either of those. No, I did not laugh at this episode. I There's a couple moments that I thought were, like, cute. That's it. There's no laughs in this. It's boring. It, and that should not be boring. This episode where, like, Lisa's cocker fears, like, all of horror. You want the good version of this episode? It's Halloween horror. Yeah, that's what Halloween Horror does, and it does it incredibly well. This is a mess, and it won in a nomination for a Writers Guild Award. Are you kidding me? Did they watch this thing? 
Or did, I mean, did I they hope not? Like, did they just or were they like, okay, well, we have to have five nominations for writing an animation, and there are only five shows on primetime television that are animated. <laughs> so, okay, how many Simpsons episodes are there? Uh, well, there's twenty. Well, we have to pick one from the Simpsons. Let's pick one. Uh, well, which one has Lisa? Lisa gets written a lot. Okay, we'll get the Lisa episode because it didn't feel like they watched this. This is this is a mess. This is the first draft. You'd eliminate all of this crap. Get rid of the stamp museum. Get rid of like why is all this stuff in here? Ugh, my god. Oh, wait, 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 Matt. We're not done yet. Oh, Rob. Sure, we are. Nope. There's one more thing that happens. Are you sure? Yep, I'm sure because we uh, after Homer and Marge walk off with Lisa. Lisa says, "Let's go get breakfast." Uh, we have a f- the final scene is Lou and Eddie finding Wiggum naked up a tree, literally sitting on top of a tree naked, refusing to come down. I can't. I don't. Why? And then they bribe him with a pizza bagel. After which he teleports to the ground with his uniform on. Yep. I mean, pizza bagels are pretty good, but they don't give anyone magic powers. Mm-hmm. As far as I know. Except it's bad, Matt. It is. It's not as bad as last week with the manatees, but it is nonsensical to an extreme. Very not. Nope. That doesn't ever make sense. It It is really frustrating because, you know, in a manatee episode, it's not like we and I are, you and I are both going, oh, yeah, this would could be a great episode. All they have to do is this, this, and this. You know, like, oh, no, there's not much. Like, sure, you could make an episode about manatees. Why would you? They did it anyway. But in this episode, I clearly see the framework of, like, what is a good episode in here? It's And they just don't do it. They just choose every the, the wrong decision every time where you're like, well, why would you not establish the theme? Why would you not? Why would you waste so much time doing this or that? Why is there so many scenes with the cops, like where they don't matter? Like there's so much stuff that does not matter. And this episode does not connect, is not funny. And it's frustrating because like the, that last scene with, with Lisa and her nightmares in a different episode, that is a good scene, but it does not connect to this episode at all. And like, I don't understand why do and like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know how you, every time I get, I come to the same conclusion most of the time as where I get to the end of the episode. And like, I don't know how they lift this out the door. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Simpsons writers. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? Uh, uh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. I, I mean, this episode it basically does what they set out to do, but just in a really bad way. Like it's it's right on the edge. It is dangling. I'm like I'm not sure if I should just st- step on one side and let it fall into the abyss because I feel like <sighs> I'm just gonna. Well, it's just, it's no, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. I mean, I just described how to fix it. It's not hard. Like. It's really easy. Like you take a, you take a something like it is. This is about Lisa understanding that sometimes fears are irrational. Like you have a, you have a cemetery and you have Lisa supposed to not be afraid of it, but then she is afraid of it. Don't fill up your cemetery with, with actually with killers. Don't waste a bunch of time with state museums. Don't waste a bunch of time. Like set up themes and set up motifs, set up metaphors don't have the family be eco-terrorists. Yeah, like, don't have Marge murder people. Don't have Marge be racist against Muppets. Like, 
That's like I do. It's more fun talking about this episode than watching it. Much more. It's it's yeah. It's so write some jokes, guys. Like a joke. Like Wiggum ripping his clothes off and walking around naked is not a joke. I don't get. Like, what are you doing? What's it? What's funny? about like them going to see a therapist and them and the therapist trying to sell them a four thousand dollar program and them having like a tape of baby lisa changing her own diaper mm-hmm. like what's the joke where is the jokes like i would matt you know what if the sh- if this episode like didn't make any sense but it was funny i would go okay fine at least it's funny but there's no jokes lenny having like Lenny charging a lot of money for parking is not a joke. It's a depressing capitalist reality. It, cu- like, Willie having a cousin named Billy? That's not a joke, guys! Willie getting murdered by Billy? Not a joke. Lisa lecturing her parents about gossiping? Not a joke! Okay. Let's move on, Matt. Dear God. Get off the keyboard. Sorry. This is the part of the show labeled Matt's Cats. Where Matt tries to stop a cat from disabling his keyboard. Matt decides to always close the door when recording. Matt's cats may not reappear as a segment. Maybe the last time we hear Matt's cats. Uh, We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I go to our own, our own patrons on Patreon. And ask them what they thought about the episode. Uh, get some, some. I, I, I. This is the first time we're done. This is our, our new, the new uh, format for this segment. I got some responses. I appreciate uh, the those people on our Patreon who take the time. If you subscribe to our Patreon, I'll put out the call on a Monday morning, uh, the, the the day the episode comes out for the next episode, and gives you some. You know what episodes are coming up. You can watch them and tell them, tell me how much you love them. Which is, I don't. I'm not expecting a lot of that. Uh, first from Benjamin. This episode felt very long to me. Nothing really seemed to happen. And then Lisa had a dream to clear everything up. I did laugh at them installing the cemetery and creepifying it, though. Overall, not great, but not the worst thing. Just kind of boring. Uh, from Derek. Dull and bland. It's innocuous enough after that infuriating direct that preceded it, but the whole thing seemed pretty aimless and bereft of substance. Episode in particular in that it this episode in particular in that it really doesn't feel very Simpsony. I know the show is long since has long since stopped feeling like it once was, but this one felt like a kid's show. Strange to have this babyish plot, especially coming after last week with mobsters filming porn films in The Simpsons' home. Insipid and unmemorable. I like. I think these boring ones are the biggest culprits in the zombification of the show. Uh, from Tim. Or there isn't anything particularly awful about this. It does make me long for, say, the Ray Romano episode. A decent idea that doesn't really go anywhere. Predicted ranking, number 275. We'll see. That's not a bad guess. Uh, yeah, the Ray the Ray episode is way better than this. Way more fun. Oh yeah, like it's also makes no sense, but it's more way more fun. Um, and finally from Lauren, I have a question. Was I supposed to laugh? <laughs> Good question. I I, <laughs> I mean I, I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I I ask Lauren. I ask myself that question every time. Oh, every time I watch these episodes. Yep, I, I think I'm supposed to. Uh, she continues, I think I smiled a few times, but it was a very few and far in between, although Bart's race car bed made me chuckle. Mostly it was boring, although at least there was a coherent plot. 
Now it's time for a rant. Oh, I love a good rant. Uh, I'm a toxicologist who works at a medical examiner's laboratory, so alcoholism to me is not funny. Many people die from this, so can we stop with the jokes about this, please? Good idea. I would love that. I, like... It, and like that comment really like and that's a it's also an issue with our the the new episode that came out for the season 32 of the simpsons uh which is centered around cletus called yokel hero but it starts literally with the same oh homer's drunk at the bar late and doesn't get home in time and marge is angry and like homer can drink and really like beer likes beer a lot that's perfectly good, fine mm-hmm. and you can have and like they had an episode like Duffless back in the early days of the show where it kind of it walked up to the edge of does Homer have a drinking problem? But Duffless goes, no, Homer doesn't have a drinking problem because he can stop if he really wants to. He could stop anytime. That's what Duffless answers. Duffless answers that question. And so, no, Homer really likes beer. Like a lot of people I, like I hey, guess what? I love energy drinks and I drink so many of them and they're very bad for me. But I also have gone long periods where i've made myself stop because i need to know that i have control over in and like is energy drink as bad as beer i don't know everyone has their own vices and their own things they like to get through the day but it's fine for homer to like beer and for homer to use beer as a, as a way to relieve tension and escape from his family once in a while but anytime the show treats it like he is a full-on alcoholic that stops being funny mm-hmm it's 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 a problem and it becomes like oh this isn't a happy family this is a family with uh alcoholic dad and lots of problems so and the show at a certain point just doesn't understand that it doesn't understand that distinction and like we're deep in the weeds right here because they they have just hammered into the ground over and over and over and over again homer just yeah it's isn't alcoholism hilarious and we're like no no it isn't and there, no, when alcoholism is a real issue that you shouldn't really be making fun of. No, and like your funny show about cart of uh, your your funny sitcom dad, don't want him to be have a drinking problem. So please stop, Duffless. That's like I'm like keep Duffless in mind. It should never go beyond his behavior of Duffless. That's when it gets out of control. And they've already written that episode. You don't need to revisit it. Do something else. And that's like that's it's more of a problem like just being unoriginal. So that's those were the the reviews for this week, Matt. But I did pull a few short reviews from the news group just to keep us honest. Okay. So the first one, five out of five, best episode in a long time. Uh, next review, five out of five. That was awesome. The couch guy with claymation and Gumby was hilarious. The directing on the entire episode was amazing, and the storyline was completely original and hilarious. Last review, I'm hesitant to give out a five out of five, but that was freaking great. My only beef was with Homer's beep, bleep swearing, leave the unfunny cursing to the brats on South Park. But yeah, five out of five. Five out of five on the front page, man. I didn't even have to go very far. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Guess what, Matt? What, Robbie? We can move on to our next segment. It's time, goodness. it's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite rest stop, restaurant, or food? Uh, thank you, everyone, who took the time. To, we, we changed the format going outside the Simpsons. Appreciate everyone taking the time to answer. Uh, take it away, Matt. All right. Our first response today is from Andy. My favorite rest stop 
or what I will call road trip snacks are cheddar cheese combos and Andy Caps cheddar fries. Depending on where in the U.S. I am, my favorite road trip restaurant would be Whataburger or to- Torchy's Tacos. Uh, Torchy's Tacos sounds fantastic. Whataburger as well, but they shut down all the Whataburgers in Florida, which made me a very, very sad person. Well, let, Robbie, well, of yeah, course, still has lots of access I, to it. Whataburgers, very, very common, and I can't walk more than three feet without running into a Whataburger in Austin, Texas. Torchy's also local to Austin. Love that Torchy's. Ugh. Anyway, all right, uh, from Lauren, usually my rest stop food is bugles, candy, and coffee, but I don't like bugles unless I'm driving long distances. Road trip restaurant would be, I guess, Torchy's Tacos or Wendy's because you can't go wrong with fast food, plus tacos and Frosties are delicious. That is an interesting combination I had never thought of. I'm going to have to try that now. I'm, I mean, oh, is there okay? Now, here's a, this is a real question. Is there any food you wouldn't eat a Frosty with? Anything fish-based seems a little odd. Are you kidding me? That's about it, though. A fried, like... Like fish and chips, you wouldn't eat a frosty with that. I I did I don't think so. Like I, I'm picturing dipping things in the frosty. I would always eat a frosty alongside pretty much anything. I would totally dip fried fish in frosty. Okay, good to know. Uh, from Tim, I am a sucker for the pay what you want coffee trucks. One often finds at rest stops. A switch reminder that Java has in fact come a long way since 1961. I think it's also a camp for baristas who can't who just can't make it at, at those mainstream coffee houses. <laughs> Didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, from Derek, I go up to our house in Donegal Monthly, and for the journey home to Belfast, would always call into. Okay, uh, we're gonna call it Gallagher's shop. <laughs> I get the oh most ridiculous come on, Matt! Try it. You can't try. <laughs> come on! I I I have, oh. I was laughing so hard when I read this. Uh, Gallagher. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the guy, man. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, Gallagher's uh, shop. Uh, Yes, Gallagher shot the, the most ridiculous sandwich freshly made up for me at the deli counter. Filled the bursting point, and it's just amazing. Haven't been able to go to Donald's since Christmas because there's no travel allowed between county, counties under current restrictions. And I really need this virus to go bye-bye because I need my sandwich fix. Indeed. Uh, from at Bort ATX, not exactly a restaurant, but Bucky's is a rest stop icon. Enormous selection of snacks, toilets, clean enough to eat the zero stacks off of, and of course, the best mascot. True. Gotta love Bucky's. Uh, from, I've never been to a Bucky's, never even heard of it. Oh, right. Matt. Oh, man. What? No, just go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm in Florida. We don't have those here. Uh, from at El Columbia 88, being from the Northeast, I love a Henry Henny Penny Shell Duncan combo. The Wawa has really good breakfasts. Uh, from at Yes, it's Aaron. Uh, my favorite Santa's Little Helper episode is the Canine Mutiny. Whoops, I mean Waffle House hash browns. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, from at Wastecats, any breakfast place does it for me. A local place, eggs and jam blend sweet flavors to savory dishes in ways I wouldn't have expected, and they have a pretty unique spin on the breakfast burrito. Uh, from Matt, they, that JD1, on the New York Three-Way in Angola, New York, you have to walk across a bridge to get to the McDonald's. Well, extra fancy there. Uh, from Zach Babbins, uh, Izzy's Deli, always good for a nice sandwich, even if Saul Bellow, the Nobel Prize-winning <laughs> Jewish novelist, never showed up. That is very true. Robbie, what is your response? Um, two answers. Um, they're kind of boring, I guess. Uh, I guess three answers. I'm just going to say everything. So one, before I knew that Chick-fil-A was an evil, terrible corporation, um, I loved chicken biscuits. You know, I would get that, but don't don't do that anymore. Uh, so now it's just there are better places to get those. I mean, I still want the. I'm not gonna lie that I don't want the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuits anymore. I just don't indulge. Uh, so egg McMuffins, there there for a long time. It was like anytime I get up early in the morning to go anywhere and drive, I'm gonna go on a road trip. Two egg and muffins, two hash browns from McDonald's. But also, now that I live in Texas, Bucky's, of course. 
Brian mentioned Bucky's. Bucky's is the best, man. Bucky's is massive. Imagine a Walmart that's a rest stop. That's what Bucky's is, and they have everything. And there is actually a Bucky's in Florida now. Your, Mr. Eric Ziga Knight has informed me that there is a Bucky's in Florida. So, oh dri- goodness, you drive enough, you'll get to go to. They're massive. It's just a gig- It like literally, it is the one nearest us has 112 gas pumps. Good lord. And has that- like you know has like. 4,000 drink selections and has uh, their own like they have a whole barbecue like station inside their restaurant. They have they sell fudge. They sell candy. They have buckyballs. They have their own merch. They have like they, it like literally there is like a house goods section inside the gas station if you need to get that a new, a new kitchen insane. new kitchen set at Bucky's. Also their mascot is it's, it is a beaver. He's he's great. All right, then. What's your answer, Matt? I mean, I don't really care all that much. I'm not super picky, but I will go out of my way to go to a Wawa uh, more than any other rest stop or gas station. I will drive at least a mile out of my way to go there because uh, not only is it generally very clean, uh, but the pumps are generally brand new, at least here in Florida, and work, uh, which is saying something. And the food is quite good. Plus, they always have weird candies I can't get anywhere else, which is you know important for me. Get you to a Bucky's. Um Next week's question, what movie scared the hell out of you as a child? Everyone has that movie. Mm-hmm. They watched when they were too little, too young, watched something, scared the crap out of them, probably gave them deep-seated f- fears that took them a long time to process. Uh, Lisa gets scared quite severely in this episode, so I thought that'd be a great question. I'll post this on our Twitter, at SimpsonShowPod. It's, uh, you can email us at SimpsonShowPod at gmail.com, and I will post it on our Patreon, which again, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Um, Matt. Yes, Robbie. Are you ready? I suppose. Ready for the... shellacking. Ready for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stop the other. Uh, we are tied, one to one. Two ep- one episode in. It's our second episode of the season. Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I suppose I can be. Uh, in Sleeping with the Enemy, Marge mothers what non-Simpson? Uh, I believe that is Nelson. That is correct. All righty. Uh, your questions uh, this week. Uh, which stupid, sexy Springfield night did the Simpsons meet on the slopes in Little Big Mom? That'd be Ned Flanders. You are correct. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, your medium question, Matt. Why can't Milhouse attend Bart's birthday party? <sighs> See, the problem is the more episodes we do, there's been several reasons for that. <laughs> um, I believe in this case it was because... <sighs> um, oh, God. He, he's supposed to he's, he's driving to his he's supposed to use a landline but he didn't um oh god uh and oh, i what? think he's he's contagious with some disease so i'm gonna go with you want the best i got nothing else no more detail that's all you're giving me yes uh no, he's got the chicken pox also he has the chicken pox follows with no cigar matt he is sick with the measles measles oh i was really i oh. all right fine all right, what which Olympics did Homer buy skis for? Um, God, do I go the easy easy route and say a, a dumb joke? Do I do a dumb joke answer because like he bought skis for a Summer Olympics or something, or do I just pick a year that the Winter Olympics happened? 
um, what's season nine, right? Bart the what did you say? No, Little Big Mom. That's is that Little what's Big Mom ten? I think season ten. Uh, yeah, eleven. Season eleven. Yeah. Um, do you want the year or do you want? Is that what you're looking for? I want where it took place. Oh God, I don't remember what a year. What? Okay, 1980, Lake Placid. Oh, I'm sorry, it's Nagano and Olympics. When? What year was that? I want to say 94. <laughs> oh, I remember that. All right, Matt, your hard question. What is the watermark on Bart's geography test? Like, what does it say? What is it? Describe it. In all in all detail. Oh, um, it is Principal Skinner in a little inside a little circle and says only you can prevent test fraud. Well, how do you know that? I just stuck in my brain, man. <laughs> it's you don't know things like that, Matt. Dang it! God dang it! Sorry, Robbie. Uh, Eighty-eight was not gonna know. Eighty-eight. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I all can. Right, I, so- I I I went with the only one I can remember that happened before two thousand. Right. Anyway. So, uh, your hard question this week is, what is the name of Marge's acupuncturist? What? In this episode, uh, Marge breaks her leg, obviously, uh, and then has to go to uh, the hospital for a few days. What is the name of her acupuncturist? Um, I'm going to assume it's a Japanese man. Uh, I'll be assume that the lowest common denominator stereotype, for if it's season 10 Simpsons, uh, is a Japanese man named... Yoshiro. You're close. It's Mr. Sakamoto. I mean, I'm close that it was a Japanese man. Yeah. I know. Even though acupuncture is a Chinese art, let's go with Japanese because the Simpsons are never good at differentiating their cultures. I don't. You're, I don't know, Matt. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Matt now has a three-point lead on me, so that's great. That's excellent. Love it. I don't love that, Matt. Sorry, Robbie. Why, is, why are you smart? Why do I remember so many random things? Why do you remember the Simpsons? Why do you remember? Okay. Uh, That'll do it for trivia. We can move on to our final segment. We win every single episode. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. But do we have to? Do we really? I mean... We do. We do. We do. We do. We do. Um... It's not the worst of the worst. It's not, but looking around episode or at rank three hundred, yeah, that's a good. I feel st- like it might be. It's like a good I, starting. I think it's higher than that, but not much yeah, higher. I think it is. It's higher, but not much higher. Um, yeah. I think it's in the area of uh, large Marge, Bar- Marge for single mm-hmm. seniors, childless mm-hmm. couples, teens, teens, and gays. The way we weren't. She used to be my girl. Midnight RX, Old Man of the Key, Seven Beer Snitch. I think those are all in. We're in that territory. I want to say um, this doesn't do much for me. It's very boring, but it's also not incredibly offensive. Like everything yeah, which below is it. Sad that that's our our bar now. But... I know that's. I mean, it doesn't have like. Oh, it doesn't get a Homer raped by a panda. It doesn't have. You know. <laughs> Doesn't have Homer, Homer sc- blaming a DUI on Marge. But doesn't have Homer screaming at the Queen. Doesn't have Homer stealing a kidney from his own, you know, from his father. Um, is it better or worse than the way we weren't? Uh, I would say this is worse. No, no, this is not worse because while it is completely incoherent, it at least doesn't rewrite something we loved. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. Well, above that is Midnight RX. 
very comparable, I think. I think it's very comparable. Um, I would say I, I like Midnight RX a little better, even though it's kind of dumb, because it, it almost makes sense. Wait, wait a minute. Almost makes sense, Matt? Tell me how it almost makes sense. Uh, somehow, I can't remember why, but they need pills <laughs> they from... Need, uh, they need pills. They go to they Canada. They from Canada, they, they, go so to they Winnipeg. sneak in, and then... I mean, I suppose there is the whole Apu racism thing. Um, I don't. I could go either way, honestly. They see Apu as they think. Of, they think Apu is Muslim, and so they uh, arrest them. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I, I I don't think this episode's good, but I think it is better than that. I think it's better than Midnight RX. I don't think it's as good as Old Man the Key. I think that's where I draw my line. I, I think the 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 old men gang with their jackets, uh, whatever you call them. Right. That is more delightful than anything in The Girl Who Slept Too Little. So I would put this above Midnight RX. What do you think? Uh, that sounds good to me. Mm, Matt, no, you're supposed to argue. I, I can't argue about something I care so little about. <laughs> Matt forfeits his, his argument. The girl Who Slept. Can't type at all anymore. Girl Who Slept Too Little is a new number 283 on our list. Guess at two seventy five is not was not bad. I should say, um, a new number ninety two in our post golden years ranking. Matt, we do have one more question though. We have to answer that question: is Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! Yay! I I like this yes, show. Robbie. We we it's, no. Let's just dump this and forget it ever happened. You don't want this to be canonical. You wouldn't recommend nope. anyone to watch this episode? You won't think it's... There's nothing important in it? Nope. Fair enough. <laughs> the cannon has been fired. Goodbye. The girl who slept a little. Uh, very forgettable episode. It is now gone. Forever, Matt. Isn't that exciting? Uh, it's something all right. We can go to the top of the list to work our way down as we uh, put keep things in and out of the canon. And we are now a number 42 on our list, which is Bart on the Road. Love Bart on the Road. Mm-hmm. What is that noise, Matt? You don't, are, you, are you trying to say Bart on the Road is not part of the canon? No, Robbie. I'm just saying it's so incredibly obvious that it should be part of the canon that I don't even know why we're bothering with the first hundred of these. Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. <laughs> the answer is because it's part of the show. And because I like having nice memories and remembering good things after I have to watch a terrible episode of The Simpsons. And if we, if we just sweep all of them in at once in a big bucket, I, we're just back into the, the garbage again. And I don't want that. I want to think about Bar on the Road. Is it Bar on the Road great? Bar on the Road is fantastic. It's a great episode. It's fun. It's so much fun. We get all the kids working together. We get Andy Williams. We get the wigs here. What's not to love? Bar on the Road. It's a fantastic episode. We get Andy Williams. Williams. And I think it hit that uh, saying. What? What did? What does Nelson say? I'm losing my Moon River. Yeah, I'm losing my perspicacity. That... Yes, of course. Bar on the road is part of the canon. Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm. I'm tired, man. Uh huh. I'm very tired. Uh, and yep. Solon being a like doing a homeowner stuff is difficult, Matt. It's like it's a very stressful to own a home. It, it's tiring. I mean, I don't mind the owning part. It's more about the doing all the stuff to get right. in there. Uh, that'll do it for this week, I think. 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's what we're doing, Matt. That's what I was on the way to doing. Uh, our next episode. Next week's episode is Mill House of Sand and Fog. I remember nothing about this. This is um, Maggie gets the chicken pox and they throw Homer throws a chicken pox party. And then we get Luann and Kirk in a will they won't they plot. Exactly. Let's see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But if you mm-hmm. want to let your opinion known, get you and know, any patrons of ours can uh, submit their thoughts. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Well, well, how do I do all this, Matt? Uh, I let's see the show. The show. That's what I do. I say the show is at thesimpsonshow.com, uh, and links to everything there. Uh, to our our Twitter, to our RSS feed, and a link to our Patreon, and a link a list a link to this list, our best episode ever list, so you can see it yourself and analyze it. See what see how wrong Matt and I are for including something three spots higher than you would put it. Um, <laughs> yes, please tell us those fun things. Don't don't do that. Uh, please don't. Um, I'm on Twitter at Robbie Norman. You can follow me there and you can find everything I do on the internet on my website, which is RobbieDorman.com, which has links to all my other podcasts, has links to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel, Regrowth, is up for pre-order right now. You heard an a ad up for it at the beginning of this episode. Uh, there's a link to pre-order it in the show notes and it's just an Amazon under my name and you've been on Amazon. You know how to buy things. So I don't, like, it's not that complicated. Um, But Regrowth is a suspense horror story about a scientist researching limb regeneration in an underground lab run by the world's richest man with the Earth on the brink of collapse. It's great for fans of body horror and Michael Crichton. You can pre-order it now, and I'd love for you to do that. You can also, on my website, subscribe to my newsletter. It's RobbieDorman.com slash newsletter. You get a free book and a free short story just for subscribing. And then I write to you every month. I tell you, like, fun stuff. I recommend books for you to read and tell you all about the stuff that I got coming up. Easy peasy. Free book. Free book. Free book. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. However, uh, I'm I'm out of kittens. We have no kittens because there are no kittens left. So, uh, unfortunately, I have nothing to plug this week. But at some point, I'm sure there will be more kittens. You can still tell people to go to Instagram, Matt. You don't have to have that's true you can always go to kitten turns k-i-t-t-i-n-t-e-r-n-s and see the past adorable kittens and hopefully someday soon uh we will have more kittens but also hopefully not because if there are no kittens that's probably better for the world don't worry matt there'll be more kittens i know uh that will do it for us i'm robbie and i'm matt thank you about this episode. Shh.